0: Welcome to the Millennial Falcon, a pop culture podcast by Three Geeky Millennials. I'm B. Dobbs, a filmmaker in the D.C. area, and today with me, as always...
1: I'm Huai Chen a writer for Slash Film with the Tracking Board.
2: And I am Anya Crittenton, and I am no longer with the Tracking Board. So, quick update before we start the episode. Uh, my last day at the Tracking Board was last week, and I am moving on to the next step in my journalism career. Uh, so starting Monday, I will be the new L.A. correspondent for Gay Star News, which is a British LGBTQ publication. So I am very excited to get started with them. I'll still be writing about entertainment, just LGBTQ related. So cool. i very excited.
1: This is so exciting. And kind of news for me is that I will be focusing more on Slash Film and becoming pop culture journalists truly in the DC area <laughs> because Anya and I will both now be working from home from the other side of the countries, of course, but yes, it's very exciting.
2: We're, we're doing that, that, that freelance work from home, millennial journalist life. Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm still a filmmaker in the DC area.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it is the height of pop culture summer. And for us Pop culture fans, that means it's convention time. So last weekend was Disney's biennial D23 Expo, and this weekend has been San Diego Comic-Con. So just two weekends in a row of non-stop pop culture news, fun photo ops and trailers, and it's been a pretty great time. Yeah, and Anya, you went to D23, right? I did. It is my favorite convention ever in the world I was I've been talking to people about it because it's like only as great as it is to me like if you're a Disney fan Mm
1: -hmm.
2: like if you're like just casually like whatever it's probably not the place for you because it's super it's really is there it's called like the ultimate fan experience or something and it really is geared towards like the diehard Disney fans like it's geared towards the people who like love it and grown up with it and like know the inside out so if you're like that it is the best place if not maybe not yeah because if
0: you're only interested in like a marvel movie or like yeah not star wars like there's not much for that they do a presentation but we'll we can get into that but um for really yeah it's cause... really disney proper
2: so I really love D23, how it's set up, because they have three big panels. They have their animation panel, which I went to this year, their live action panel, and their parks panel. And these are each two-hour panels where they just basically show you everything that's coming in those three fields. And then the rest of the weekend, they have a really great floor with, like, cool, like, experiences and really great shopping and just super cool. The floor is really great. And the rest of the panels are all just, like, fan panels. Like, mm-hmm. Sunday there was a Hercules twentieth anniversary panel, there was a Lion King um panel. Did there you have was... one? No, there was like one for the animated movie. Oh, interesting. There was a yeah, a Lion King panel for that. There was like a Bambi seventy fifth anniversary panel. There was like a women of imagineering, mm-hmm. a princess panel, they do panels for their shows like the upcoming DuckTales, which I'm super excited for. So it's very much geared towards fans. Okay. That's why I really love D twenty
1: three. Whereas Comic Con has kind of uh become too big for its britches in terms of it used to become be a fan pa- uh convention, more for the experience than anything, but now it's definitely become more of just like a big marketing event for the for the studios and places where they a place where they release all of their new trailers, new footage, all that kind of stuff.
0: The irony of though of that though is that a lot of big studios have stopped coming every year. Mm-hmm. Like I know, a couple of years Marvel was didn't go. I think it was right like they just had nothing really going on, which is surprising. Well, they but they like,
1: were saving their stuff for D twenty three, right?
0: And even though this year, like we can we'll talk about it, but like they had a, a panel at D twenty three, and then they also had their panel at Comic Con, mm-hmm. and they t- they t- talked. They re- released a lot more information about their upcoming movies that weren't Infinity War last night at Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think last at D twenty three was basically Infinity War. Mm-hmm.
2: Um Yeah, and Lucasfilm didn't go this year yeah. to Comic Con. Right.
1: Actually at Comic Con this year there's been a lot more T V uh-huh. taking over Hall H, which is the big um the big hall where most of the major studios and big projects present their things.
0: Yeah, so there was so, Game of Thrones, yeah. there was Walking Dead, there was Stranger Things, and I think those were the big three mm-hmm. television shows that are
2: yeah, and sense. Riverdale, like, threw things out of whack this year. What did um, they do? Just because it was, um, so they're in Ballroom 20, which is, like, the second biggest room at Comic-Con. And it's pretty much the same, like, the TV lineup's usually all pretty much the same. So, like, on Saturday, you'll get, like, your, like, Once Upon a Time, and you'll get all your CW superhero shows. and yeah. So it was all the same this year, and Riverdale was the only one that was new. Mm-hmm. And the line for Ballroom 20 was Insane.
0: Was it because of Riverdale?
2: Well, that's the only new one, and it was that was Riverdale was first thing in the morning. Interesting. Oh. So, I mean, like, because my roommate liked, went and she was.
0: I, I liked Riverdale. I wouldn't. But I think you underestimate like the fandom of Riverdale. Yeah. There
1: is big fandom around it, especially I, always, I
0: always forget that teenagers exist. Oh.
1: They do, and apparently yeah. they go to Comic Con now.
0: Yeah. Um, so that's cool. I mean, Riverdale. I'm excited to see season two. I think. It, I oh. think it's it. It hit a it hit a good stride once they got rid of a couple characters in the first season, in the beginning, and it, it really de- delved into like the murder stuff, and that was cool.
1: All right, so let's run down what excited us from both D23 and uh, Comic-Con
2: this year.
0: Do we want to start with D23?
2: Let's go D23 first. Anya, okay.
0: you were there. What, what do you have to say I
2: from D23? <laughs> um, so I only, I walked the floor a lot and I did the animation panel. So that was kind of really the only thing I experienced firsthand. Um, but at the animation panel, uh, the footage from Wreck-It Ralph 2 was, Ooh. oh my God, it was surprising. It was exciting. It was really funny. Um... I mean, I can share what it was, because it's not really a spoiler. Yeah,
0: they talked about it on...
2: Yeah, yeah, because basically Ralph and uh, Vanellope go into the internet to save Vanellope's games, and they meet this new character who, like, leaves them around. Her name is Yes, with three S's, and she's voiced by Taraji P. Henson. Ah. Uh. And so this is, again, it's like that Disney fan thing. They She takes Ralph and Vanellope to this website called Oh My Disney, which is a real website, and they have all these, like, inside jokes of, like, Disney fans, and then Vanellope through a series of events meets all the princesses. And what it is, it's all the princesses that we've had so far, of the official lineup, so including, like, most recent Moana to, like, Mulan, Tiana, Belle, Rapunzel, all the classic princesses. Um, They're all in CG animation. So it's really interesting seeing the 2D princesses in CG now. And then all the actresses for the princesses came back to, like, reprise their roles, Cool. and basically Vanellope becomes friends with them and it's just this really this extended sequence of Vanellope and the princesses like hanging out and gabbing. Um there's like a Star Wars joke cuz C3PO comes in at one point and <laughs> Belle and Aurora make fun of him by calling him BB8. <laughs>
1: and
2: then yeah. when Belle and Aurora fist bump, like magic comes out of their fist bump. I love that. It's, it's really cute. Um and then at the panel all the princess all the actresses came out on stage. Which was like emotional because it was like Ali Cravalho, and like Mandy Moore and Anika Noni Rose and Jodie Benson and like all the princess voices.
1: Leah Salong- Salonga was is one of them, I think. Oh, she was the singing. No, voice.
2: No, she's the singing voice. So um, Jasmine was Linda Larkin, oh. um, and the only one who was not there was uh, Ming Na Wen for Mulan. Probably that? because she's filming. Yeah, she's doing Agents of Shield. <laughs> um. So. Yeah, so that was really good. Pixar's new movie, they announced a new original film, which sounds amazing. It is a fantasy film set in a suburban world. Ooh. So there are no human characters. It's all, like, Forks. trolls and sprites, and unicorns are pests, and they eat, like, out of the <laughs> trash cans. Oh, they're and like three. deer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's yeah.
2: And, um... It's like it's basically what happens when a world filled with magic, when technology gets introduced, and so now it's like an amalgamation of the two. So like people live in mushroom houses, but they drive minivans and they have like satellites. Kind of
0: like what the next, if they ever did another Avatar television show, that's what it would be like.
1: Oh, like Avatar: The Last Airbender. Avatar: The Last Airbender,
0: Uh because like they were at the cusp of like the 1920s technology. They had radio and movies movers so like the next series yeah. if they do another 70 years would be like the 1990s that's
2: so yeah and, i actually hadn't heard about this yeah and the story is about these two like brothers i think they're trolls um who are like go on a journey to like find their dad but it, uh, basically it's
0: different than the movie trolls
2: yes quite different <laughs> uh, the concept art looks beautiful And so, I'm just really excited about the future of animation. Animation panels are always interesting because since animation movies take so much longer than live action, Mm -hmm. there's not always as much to show fans. Mm -hmm. So, like, when they did a a bit on Frozen 2, they had no footage to show us, but they showed us this uh, reel of the crew and the filmmakers going to, like, Norway, Iceland, um, and, like, doing research for the movie. So... Animation's interesting because there's always um, not as much to show. Also, Incredibles Two looks really good. Ooh.
1: That was the other one I wanted to mention. We saw that first poster, I think, of Incredibles Two. It got released on the internet, and it was um, very like uh, I want to say, well, I don't know what the style is. But it was very stylized. It doesn't look it doesn't look CGI, but it's like kind of graphic. Yeah. Yeah, it the animation like a graphic. Yes, I think that's what it looked like. Yeah. Like
0: the titles from the first movie.
1: Yes. I'm trying to recall. Yeah, I think so.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks really fun. Apparently, is going to be more at the forefront of the action this time. And we saw one scene from the movie, and it's when Bob finds out that Jack-Jack has powers.
0: <laughs> and didn't, didn't they say it? this takes place like immediately after the first yeah, movie? Yeah, because Jack-Jack is still a baby. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah,
1: it's a very different approach than the other are,
2: Pixar sequels.
0: Or the... Are the same voice actors for Dash and Violet going to be there?
2: Uh, Violet, yes. Dash, no. I
0: was going to say. doesn't make sense. Dash grew up.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... It's not like you uh, didn't have so Jonathan
0: yes. Taylor Thomas come back and play young Simba. <laughs> try as he might. He
2: could try. <laughs> um, so that was all the great stuff from the animation panel. Um, I didn't get to go to the live action panel, but I wish I had, because apparently the footage and everything they showed was really great. Speaking they showed the, the entirety lighting, of yeah. Circle of King... Circle of King, Circle of Life, <laughs> from the live-action Lion King, and Twitter was like going crazy over it. I heard, they loved it. I heard they either liked it
0: a lot or denounced it for being exactly the same as, I the, heard, as, yeah. the, as the animated. I heard version of things. it.
1: Yeah, there's like interesting. It was just the uh, shot for shot the original animated version, but in like CGI stop yeah. motion. And, so and or not like, that motion, uh, motion capture. And
0: I heard that young Simba looks crazy adorable. But like, yes. And, but the rest of it was like just shot for shot. So I think like the arguments that we were making over Beauty and the Beast kind of sur- resurfaced with this about like why are, why would they even just why aren't they doing anything new with the with with like the
2: look or something I don't know it just I mean seemed- and yet arguably the Jungle Book did the same thing and the Jungle Book got great reviews, and it's by the same filmmaker. That's the true. The book
1: did the same thing, but it also did have a human character as the kind of central focus. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it's like all CGI characters, which is why I'm a little bit, I'm balking a little bit. Yeah,
0: it's not just, it's live action in name only.
1: Yeah, I think it'd be really cool if they did something akin to like the Broadway show where I, they had... I'd be
0: interested if they brought in more Broadway songs, yeah. more songs from the Broadway musical.
1: Yeah, I just like the, the fusion in the Broadway show of like live... Human characters and like wearing the really interesting costumes, so they could both be you know the, the actual animals, but just like in very elaborate or in a very elaborate like African garb. So I don't know. That's that's just my opinion about it. I I might have my my opinion change once I see the movie. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, also, I guess there was a weird rumor going around that whether or not Hugh Jackman was Scar. He's not. He's that's not, not confirmed. Okay. Yeah. He was. Just, yeah. That's a rumor. He
1: was seen at Disneyland at that time. Or. Yes, and uh, I assumed that it was for D23, but it was not.
0: He was just there. He was just there. Because he has kids, and it's a fun place to go with your kids. Um, It it just seems like every other, like, article, like, there were YouTube videos, like, and, like, Articles of like, Hugh Jackman confirmed a scar. Hugh Jackman is not scar. Hugh Jackman rumored. It's like, what's happening? Please, he's, yeah, he's yeah. not, yeah. It's it's not scar.
1: Screen rant posted that it was confirmed and everyone else picked up on it. So yeah. even Slash Film did, but we just kind of put is Hugh Jackman scar and like it didn't confirm. So it's like a non story.
2: A yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the rest of the panel is really great. The Wrinkle in Time trailer, which we've all seen by now, looks so good. Um, I really want to see their footage for Nutcracker because I heard it was like wild and I forgot that movie was even a thing and the cast is like really good. Um, I'm very intrigued. What is this? Nutcracker in the four realms So Disney's doing a take on the Nutcracker. Um, Morgan Freeman's in it, Kira Knightley, Misty Copeland is the lead ballerina in the film. Um,
1: I used to be obsessed and... with Nutcracker when I was a kid. This is yeah. during like my big ballet phase. I mean, yeah.
2: Yeah, apparently kind of it looks really race. apparently it looks really dark, Ooh. which I'm interested in only because I mean the Nutcracker is kind of a dark ballet.
1: It is. Ballet. It's very dark. It's um. Um. I'm
2: sure,
1: I'll explain it to you later, Willoughby. <laughs>
2: yeah, um, Mary Poppins footage, which I'm pumped about. It's gonna be really fun, and then Star Wars didn't really have much of D twenty three, which behind odd the cause... Scenes of the Last Jedi, and then yeah, but the posters, not
1: much else.
2: I cried. Aww.
1: Yeah, they the behind reel that was very, They're like, Carrie always
0: good. Yes. Yeah, their, their reels have just always been super emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, we're probably not going to get one for Han Solo.
1: Probably not. No. They're still in the works of getting that fixed.
0: Because the movie comes out in May.
1: Yeah. Oh, does it? Yeah.
2: So... <laughs> That's um and then Marvel showed the Infinity War trailer and that was the only thing they showed at Marvel which is fine because Thor and Black Panther were at Comic Con, um and then they also announced that Mulan and Dumbo I think are the next live action Disney movies to come out and they announced the Aladdin cast
0: yeah they confirmed well, some the Aladdin of the cast. cast which is funny because they did that a week after or not a week after but like there were a bunch of articles that week of like the Aladdin cast there were rumors it was that like
1: three days before that they were having trouble casting the lead. and leads.
0: then on Saturday they were like nope we got a cast I we're think, good
1: I think it was just like a publicity run they were like trying to Agreed. get people interested so they put in like these false reports of they're having trouble with finding a cast and they're like nope which I think there.
0: kind of aired not on their favor yeah because not it, all
1: publicity is good publicity because it
0: came out that they were just doing the same whitewashing bullshit that every other studio has been doing yeah and it really didn't help them until they released the. Inter- I, I, I think they should have just not done they're, any false leaks or yeah, because they
1: because they already promised that they were going to cast a person of color. They didn't have to scare everyone into. Because
0: then a the thousand think pieces of like why we like I mean those are those think pieces are deserved. Mm-hmm. We need to have we need to have to talk, to talk about representation, but they could have avoided.
1: They just wanted to be like the savior. Essentially, they're just like oh look. We are actually we actually cast people of color. Look how great we are. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah. Like Disney Word. marketing.
2: <laughs> and Will Smith um, was confirmed as the genie.
1: Yes, he was yes. already confirmed. Well, he's already known for a while. But
2: yeah. But I think it was yeah. Like it was Aladdin lot Jasmine
0: mm-hmm.
2: with the big things. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So they put on a good weekend. Um. I saw like a whole like mit- uh, model of Star Wars land that's going to be at both Disneyland oh, and Disney World. Yeah. 14 books. acres. Um. It's their biggest land expansion in history, and it's going to be just crazy, apparently.
0: as Lillis Lemon on 30 says, I want to go to there.
1: Anya, I want to know your thoughts about the um, totally immersive Disney... Oh, Star Wars Hotels and the Marvel Hotel. Are they
0: going to do a Marvel Hotel, too? Yeah,
1: they're doing a Marvel Hotel. Oh, I knew
0: about the Star Wars one. The
1: Marvel Hotel is in Disneyland Paris. The Star Wars one is in um, Disney World? I think I, yeah. What? Well, yeah, that. yeah. It's in Disney World, and apparently it's so immersive that you'll never want to leave. Oh, So it's
0: Westworld. <laughs>
1: yes, exactly.
0: Um, <laughs> Wait, aren't they coming out with like a their own version of Westworld?
1: That was what the Star Wars hotel was. Okay. Oh, it was. Managed. Okay, yeah.
2: that's why everyone was making jokes about it on Twitter. Oh, okay. What are your yeah, thoughts on it? Yeah, um, I think they could be really cool. I mean, I really trust Disney Imagineers more than anything else because, like, I don't care about cars as a franchise but cars land and california venture is so amazing i've heard pandora at disney world is incredible even if you don't care about avatar at all oh yeah so, like, of, i trust friend of the podcast leah
0: was talking Was well, she worked she was working at disney world and she was working there and she went to see pandora and apparently it's great
2: yeah, yeah. So, like, I trusted the Imagineers to do a really great job on whatever project they have. Um, I think it's smart to, like, utilize the IPs that you have, especially because Mar- Marvel and Star Wars are so popular. Um, I tend to get a little more excited about the pure Disney things, I guess. Um, so, like, California Venture, we have a whole, like, pier area, boardwalk, um, like Santa Monica Pier, basically. And they're changing that into a whole Pixar theme. So, like, games are going to be Pixar-themed and rides are going to be Pixar-themed, and so, like, I'm really excited about that um, and those kind of things. Um, mm-hmm. But I think they could be really fun. Star Wars Land, <laughs> I find I can't really get excited about it yet because, first off, it's so far away, so I'm just, like, a, it's not even, like, registering to me yet. And also, I just don't want to deal with those crowds. That's true. Like, you have to wait till like 20,
0: 20, 2025 to have a, like a, a, a good experience, a good uh, immersive experience, <laughs> and not get pushed every once in a while.
2: Yeah, I'm really excited for Toy Story Land, which is going to be at Disney World. So basically, Kingdom Hearts three.
1: Yes, I was going to talk about that. Speaking of Toy Story Land, the Kingdom Hearts three trailer, a well, a new Kingdom Hearts three trailer, <laughs> the third trailer in up. three years.
2: Lord, <laughs> God,
1: I've been like. Every time there's a new trailer, I've been just like very skeptical that this move this game, is ever going to show up. It's been, Same. I think, like, ten years since Kingdom Hearts 2. There have been a lot of in-between games. And they
0: announced it in 2013. <laughs> yeah. And then they put a date. Up, they put a year. Finally, they
1: finally put a year at the end of this trailer, which is why I can finally, like my. My I'm reliv I'm resuscitated again, like
0: my girlfriend's already saving up for a PS four. I
1: have to buy a PS four too. <coughs> Me too. Anyways, the new trailer shows that one of the new worlds that you can explore in Kingdom Hearts three will be Toy Story Land, or Andy's Toy Story, bedroom. Yeah, yeah. Andy's yeah. yeah. And um they have a date, twenty eighteen. So not a
0: month or day yet, but just yes, a year. But a year. Which means the next 365-plus days.
1: I'm, I'm going to be counting down as soon as it hits January 1st, 2018.
0: <laughs> Where is Kingdom with Hearts you. 3?
2: I'm with you, HD Kingdom Hearts is the one video game franchise that I, like, stay on top of. And, like, I remember, like, playing Kingdom Hearts 2 when it first came out when I was in high school. Yep. And I've been waiting ever since then. And, like, the side games just haven't quite fulfilled me.
1: The side games are also... Weirdly essential to the plot, too, because they keep adding plot in there, but no one buys them because they're on different consoles. So, <laughs> me being a Kingdom Hearts crazy person like I am, I watched the entire YouTube walkthrough for Birth by Sleep.
2: Me, too! Oh, yeah! I did it, I
1: did it for Birth by Sleep
2: and for 358 by 2
1: I bought 358 three by 2 because I had a Game Boy Advance. And, um, okay, okay.
2: Yeah, I did all the walkthroughs for games platforms that I didn't have. But I was like, I need to know what's happening in the story. I will say Kingdom Hearts has one of the most unnecessarily convoluted plots. (laughs) It does. Anywhere. And, like, at some point you have to kind of give up trying to know everything and just play it and enjoy it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's very anime in terms of, like, how convoluted and and crazy it is. But I will gobble it up anyways, as you can see from me watching, like, I don't know how many hours of Birth by Sleep it was, but I watched all of, like, the Aqua, Terra, Ventus storylines. You know, there's surprisingly a lot of plot in there. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah.
0: It was a lot.
1: But it was fun, and I'm going to keep doing it.
0: Tron shows up in the second game, he right? It does
1: show up in the second game. Actually, that's a really fun um, world to that's
2: go through. Yeah, it is a fun gets world. It's on the
1: light cycle and everything.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: The world are just, I mean, those games are just so much fun. Mm -hmm. I love them. They're a lot of fun. Now I just want to go play them (laughs) again, just for, (laughs) like, fun.
1: Gotta dig out my PS2 again.
2: Me too. Mine's under my bed.
1: (laughs) Mine is, like, collecting dust somewhere in my house. I'm not really sure.
0: My girlfriend's been (laughs) replaying the games in anticipation of this. Of course.
2: That's cute. All right. Let's move Uh, on to... So that was D23, and it's a great weekend. Mm -hmm. So let's move on to Comic-Con. Yeah. The Apotheosis. I want to ask you guys real quick. Yes. Um, So D23 is every other year, and they're usually in August. Mm -hmm. It's never been in July until this year. And they strategically placed it the weekend before Comic-Con.
1: Interesting.
2: Do you guys think there's any... Correlation? Yeah. I mean, I feel like there has to be. There has
0: to be, but I don't think they... If they were trying to eclipse Comic-Con, I don't think they succeeded. Because I think that Comic-Con still... Dominates the the nerdy uh, news cycle. See, than...
2: and I think Comic Con is losing its grip. Uh,
0: from from what I heard, saw last night, like or what I heard on Twitter, like you know, people were waiting to get into Hall H for like twenty five hours or something to get in to, to like see like a panel. So I think that it's still a thing. Crowd size, uh, EW still does their Comic Con preview magazine like i think it still gets the coverage but i don't know i mean like i think it all depends on how you select your news what you're
1: interested in because like if you if you're
0: not interested in comic-con you can avoid it completely whereas you know we're all invested in the franchises and stuff so we're not not and so like when news breaks we're kind of always there for it and so i don't but like from what I saw, from what I saw of like news coverage of D twenty three versus news coverage of Comic Con, it seems like Comic Con still gets the more coverage.
2: Even though, well, like, arguably it's just because they have more properties. Yeah,
0: and at, like Warner Brothers has their thing. You know, they they have like their panel. They released like their Batman stuff, their Wonder Woman stuff, their non franchises. I mean, their franchises, but like their non superhero franchises. Um, Like, they showed Ready Player One trailer and a trailer for the Lego Ninjago movie, which is great. I can't wait for that one. Um, And then also their superhero stuff. So, I don't know. I feel like, like, and also because D23 is every other year, I feel like, like, honestly, before Anya, you told me about D23, I had never heard of it.
2: Well, I don't mean want to three versus Comic-Con, because oh, I okay. feel like they're entirely two different beasts. Like, so I think Disney or, is solely for Disney fans. Right. I just think Comic-Con is losing, is losing kind of its exclusivity, I guess.
1: I think, actually, Anya's kind of right. It's not making as big of an impact as it used to, because I'm yeah. sure there was always weeks and weeks leading up to Comic-Con, and there was so much anticipation, and mm-hmm. I almost forgot that it was happening this year. It's
2: true. And but, I feel like there's less pressure to be there now to experience mm-hmm. it because everything is going to be online. And at least to me, it's just not, it's not what it used to be. It's not the yeah. same kind of excitement. and
1: It's definitely like, not losing its standing, but it's losing the uh, impact it used to have. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing. I think it's going to become, going to go back to becoming a fan convention because I see studios relying on it less to market their movies into like, Make it an exclusive event about you know building up hype and everything like that. Yeah,
0: especially now that like I remember when Batman vs Superman the first trailer was released, it was a Comic Con exclusive. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, everything that they're that they're pushing out for Justice League has been they show it at Hall H and then immediately put it online after. And like the only things that like I think Black Panther showed footage that was only like a sizzle reel that was only seen by the audience, but you could write descriptions of it. Whereas, and like the same thing with like a, that Michael Pena Paul Rudd video of like explaining the MCU they, that's probably not going to be released online until probably like a Blu-ray comes out for Ant-Man and the Wasp or something. Um, and like an, there's like, an, there's news announcements that <coughs> only make at uh that they like either confirm or make at comic-con uh and maybe sometimes at d23 depending on like what marvel wants to do i think they could have they, the stuff that they showed today or yesterday they could have showed at d23 yeah um because it was they, they they replayed the infinity war trailer for comic-con um so they clearly had like everything in the works so it's just a matter of like what they want to do
1: yeah, I think studios are coming to Comic Con less, um, and Comic Con is becoming more TV oriented lately. Like a lot of, like I was saying before, Hall H is becoming more about the really big uh, water cooler TV shows, prestige shows, and studios are using it less as a marketing or like a hype machine.
0: Yeah, like Fox didn't even show.
1: They didn't show X Men stuff. They,
0: they showed The Gifted or whatever the X Men TV show is, mm-hmm. but they didn't show anything from. Or they didn't announce, they didn't do anything for the X-Men movies or Deadpool.
1: Yeah. So they're relying on it less just because the internet itself is already such a huge hype machine anyway. So that's 24-7. You don't need to do, centralize it around one event. I think that's what the thinking is anyways. I I
0: think with Comic-Con, for certain studios, it's about confirming rumors or denying, or like denying rumors or like...
2: Just casting announcements. Casting I feel announcement like half the time, like the fact that Michelle Pfeiffer is going to be an Ant Man is crazy. That's to awesome. Me. Yeah. I love that. Uh, Same. And
1: Michelle Pfeiffer, Michael Douglas reunion.
0: And like, yeah, yeah. So like, that's what that was the announcement. Like, you could they could have just made that an announcement. Mm-hmm. Like they could have like at any point ever, but they decided for Comic Con to announce it. So yeah. I think that they're still. I think studios still see value in Comic-Con as, like, an event. And I'm sure the people who are at Comic-Con, like, that's a thing. Like, I remember when when I went to AwesomeCon earlier in the year and they showed the first five minutes of Baby Driver and Edgar Wright was there to introduce it and talk about the film. That got me so much more hyped than any of the trailers because it was, like exclusive footage and the director was there like I get it I get like why people go to like to be in a panel or to see these people talk about their movies and to show footage like I get like and like yeah not every footage is exclusive anymore but like sitting there like the hype of it was still like it was I was like oh my god I gotta see this movie Mm -hmm. so like I think that still that still works but I think that the the exclusivity of Comic Con is no longer the same as it was maybe five years ago
2: Yeah, a couple thoughts on that. I think there's also a difference between a con, like, Awesome Con and Comic Con. Oh, totally. Comic Con is...
0: I was just making an example of, like, seeing, like, stuff for a movie and getting hyped. Yeah,
2: well, I think also part of the downside of Comic Con is that it's just gotten so big that, like, now it's expensive, it's hard to get to, it's even hard to get badges because it's a lottery now. Like, now it's just not... Is it, like, even worth the hassle anymore?
1: Hotels are impossible to get around to.
2: Yeah, and... I'm, like, with you, Willoughby. Like, the one panel, I'm... I mean, I'm sad I missed, like, the Marvel stuff last night only because, like, I wish I could have seen Thorne. Like, Thor and Black Panther are two of the Marvel movies I'm most excited about. So the fact that they were the two that were there was pretty cool. But, like, I'm really just bummed I missed the Kingsman panel. Like, that's the one I really wanted to, like, see. And they showed the first scene from Kingsman, like, you saw for Baby Driver. And I wish I had gotten to see that. Um, and I think it's also just, like, a personal preference thing i just care less about the big blockbusters and and like in hyping them up anymore like i'm kind of just like i'm excited for them and i'll see them when they come out and like the investment of like months and months hyping and anticipating has sort of lost its appeal after like years and years of doing it because now it's just that weariness is setting in
1: that makes sense. And you're you're also the only one of us who's actually gone to Comic-Con. So I think that after having that experience, you're just like, I've done it. And I'm, over <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. Like, been there, done that. Yeah, whatever, Anya. I want to do it at, at some point. Just like once in my life, I'd be fine with doing it.
0: I'd like to go as a fan and then as a movie director showing my oh. new footage. Yeah.
1: All right. Now that we've had that discussion, let's uh, run down quickly what we liked about that came out of comic-con uh so anya mentioned the kingsman trailer so that was one of the first things that came out uh that panel was on friday i think right
2: yeah yeah and i just like the little glimmers of like information the cast gave us like character names like i like how like the kingsmen are all named after the knights of the round table and the statesmen since their front is a whiskey distillery their agent names are all like liquors or mixers so like Halle berry is the merlin of the statesman and so her her name is ginger like ginger ale as in like a mixer whereas the actual agents are like is there a jack daniels
0: is channing tatum jack daniels
2: no um uh peter pascal is whiskey he's whiskey um tequila is channing tatum oh i love it (laughs) and then jeff bridges is champagne oh perfect
1: and they call him champ
2: God, I want to see this movie so much. I know it just—it looks so good. My one thing is, oh, and we saw some footage of Harry Hart, like actual Harry Hart, like
0: alive and speaking.
2: And I'm like so concerned. There's more to this than like he's just back and he's a good guy again. I'm like so hype concerned. Um, My one thing is there's been no footage of Roxy. Well, there was. She was in the
0: first trailer.
1: Yeah, but but very briefly. Yeah, she might. I that. That is concerning, because I feel like she might have have passed, have like died in, like, the big explosion or something.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm worried about, mm-hmm. and I would hate if they killed off, like, the one female Kingsman. Yeah, that would be awkward. So, um, but I'm super hyped for that movie. It's one of the movies I'm most looking forward to this year. Uh,
0: the other thing that was on Thursday
2: was Pacific Room 2,
0: Cold and <laughs> Uprising. Oh, they showed the first yes! teaser, which was, like, a marketing for their, uh for, like, in the the in-universe next generation of Jaegers. Yeah, like a recruiting tool. So I went to the website that they have at the end of the... I was t- going to tell you about this, but I figured I'd wait until the podcast. <laughs> so they actually gave some interesting, like, little tidbits of the world-building mm-hmm. for the next podcast, the next... Not podcast. The next Pacific Rim movie takes place 10 years after the events of the first movie. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, and it's... These are Mark Seven Jaegers instead of like Mark Four and V. Mm-hmm. And there's a new instead of Gypsy Danger, there's Gypsy Avenger, which is like the like an homage to the original Jaeger that blew up and they're all nuclear powered. So, and they're also a lot faster like they're like everything is a lot more precise and precision, so I'm interested to see how they th- make this movie, like how they show it and It looked like from the teaser that like only John Bayega was in a Jaeger instead of two people, so I'm not sure if they've gotten rid of the drift, and if they have, I'm a little bummed because honestly that was the best science fiction concept of. Like the last I feel like they years. can't get rid
2: of it completely because that was such a key storytelling aspect for Gamma the Toro, yeah. and I feel like just getting rid of that would not really work, but and, like, they but, might have solo Jaegers and dual Jaegers now or something.
0: Yeah, that's possible because they could have advanced the technology, but I like the idea of dual Jaegers, but um, it also could have been just a In in universe marketing ploy to have the son of Stacker Pentecost like as the promotion person. Mm -hmm. The world building in this
2: franchise is so good. Sorry, say that again. The world building is so good. Yeah, yeah. it's so good. Mm -hmm. And
0: like I've I've read a couple of the comics that came out that are like prequel comics, and like those are always real fun. So like the the world building is so good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so pumped for the room. Can we talk about? you Del Toro's new movie or is that com- it's not Comic Con no
1: is. that didn't that came out before Comic Con yeah. I might use that for my really like yeah. I don't know we might do
0: that but it is a, it is a movie we're looking forward to yes I wasn't sure if that was a Comic Con thing or not
1: no it came out just like randomly because um, the movie was the trailer was also already released um, with the war for the Planet of the Apes movies oh uh, yeah I saw that it wasn't online until yeah. a couple of days before Comic Con yeah <laughs> cool alright um, what else so Saturday was the big day and we saw the release of several trailers. Mm-hmm. Uh, first was the Stranger Things trailer, which had a really great remix of thriller set alongside that the entire. was so good, that was really well done. And I was just—it
0: was so tense and mm-hmm. but... like building up towards something. I was like, oh. God.
1: yeah. So I was worried that I would start feeling Stranger Things fatigue just because I'm it's so taking glad you so don't. long. I know well, it was taking so long to like the second season. I'm like, oh, well, I get tired of Stranger Things? But this sec- this new trailer is really good. Yeah, it's it just is. like it. It matches, like, the really the visual appeal of the first season. Very dark. Very intriguing. Just, just so fun and all the, joyful. All the
2: characters we love.
1: Yeah, poor Will Byers. Not
2: oh, my God. I'm so concerned about Will
1: Byers. Oh, and, and Steve douche-dancing at a Steve frat party. Not, at not that
0: enough party
2: Steve, you guys. you. great.
1: Um,
0: not enough
2: Steve. I'm just
0: saying. He, I'm there's a picture of him, with uh, an image of him with his uh, bat. With the, I know. Oh, so things are coming back.
2: Oh, I'm excited. I love his bat, but I'm mostly just really concerned about Will Byers. Like mm-hmm. I have become so attached to that character, and I just want to protect him at all costs. And if anything happens to Will Byers, if that I like might just like drop the show, I might be like I'm done. Bye. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, you can't
2: hurt so Will good. Byers.
1: <laughs> yeah, the trailer was a reminder that the trail the characters are so good. And yeah, just like you mm-hmm. want to keep coming back to them, which is you know why they made it a continuation
0: instead of like another
1: anthology series, yeah. which. I kind of thought that I agree. But yeah, and um, you saw a glimpse of Sean Astin, original Goonie in the trailer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep.
0: And not completely the, agree, the new kids, I don't think. We didn't no. see any oh, of the new kids. we saw
1: one of the new classmates. Oh, okay. um, a girl. Um, but we only also got a glimpse of I think of her. her name is
0: Max. Max,
1: yeah. hmm
0: um, And then we saw Eleven.
1: Yeah. Spoilers. Ah!
0: Yeah, but so, I mean, if you don't see the trailer, then yeah. like, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That was really exciting. Um, we got the Thor Ragnarok trailer.
0: Yes, I'm so That's hyped so good. for good. Oh, it's so good.
2: Chris
1: Hemsworth just looks like he's having the greatest time in that movie. And Mark
2: Ruffalo, too. And Mark
1: Ruffalo. <laughs> I love the little, di- little scene they have where he's, like, catching him up, and Thor's just like, uh, so we fought a little bit. Uh, you lost. And Bruce is like, that doesn't sound that right. Doesn't
0: sound <laughs> and, it's um, very in
1: character. It's so fun.
0: And we got more details about who Jeff Goldblum's character He's playing the Grandmaster, who is a brother of uh, Benicio Del Toro's character in Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. So they're they're elders of the universe. Yes. Um, and then, I guess... Uh, I guess it's been a couple of years, so Loki's been in charge, and he's not done a good job.
1: Yes, he's but he been... was also in prison again, I think, when they sprung him out. Yeah, I'm
2: not
0: sure. The timeline of this whole
1: movie
2: seems Well, really so we weird. do know that, like, it starts... Like, we know that the whole thing is Odin's missing. Right. right. So Thor goes to Earth to recruit Doctor Strange to help him find his dad. Right. And then that's when, is, that's when Mjolnir breaks, because it happens on Earth. Mm. And then we know from the trailer that he said, like, oh, I lot, like, Mjolnir broke yesterday when he's in the ring with Thor, with Hulk. Yeah. Hulk? Yeah. So like so it seems like things happen in a pretty quick order but like I don't know what's been going on with Loki since like he was on the throne of Asgard as like as posing as posing Odin. As Odin. Mm-hmm. So
0: it's possible at some point that charade is found out. Yeah. But I yeah. don't know when um but it seems like yeah. there's been some time has passed between the dark world yeah. Avengers Age Age of Ultron and then now where Thor is. So Yeah,
2: definitely. And Hulk has no idea where he is. Like, Bruce has that comment. Right. Oh, where course. are we?
0: Apparently, according to the the panel, Hulk... He's been Hulk for, like, two years. Like, he oh, doesn't okay. want to come back to... He's, I think when he's Banner, that's the first time he's been Banner in a long time.
1: Yeah, because he's been caught up. Yeah, and, and, it, and gotcha. it seems...
0: Because Hulk also can speak. Yeah. He has, was, the, he has the, like, the vocal language
2: of a two-year-old.
0: Yeah.
1: Hulk okay. was talking to Thor in the trailer.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to say, um, this really struck me, um... This might be an odd comparison, but the Thor Ragnarok trailer juxtaposed against the Justice League trailer, for me, really highlighted why Marvel is still king. Yeah. Because, first off, Thor Ragnarok is just so much more earned on every level than Justice League is. Like, Justice League hasn't earned this movie. Or DC hasn't. Like, we've been with Thor since 2011. Yep. And we've been with Hulk since 2012. And we've seen these characters and we've seen them grow. And so, like, seeing their journey continue just feels so earned in a way that DC has not earned their characters at all. And then the other thing is that blockbusters and superhero movies are all very loud, action-packed, you know. But, like, Justice League to me felt relentless and exhausting where Thor feels fun and, like, it's actually, like, embracing its comic- like, roots, Lord. and, like, its characters, and the worlds. And it's and,
0: Jack Kirby, like... Like, or is it Steve Ditko, who's, like, the big artist? It was Ditko, I think, Ditko. yeah. Like, the whole, yeah. like, crazy colors. Mm-hmm.
2: And so it just, like, it really highlighted for me why Marvel is still superior, and, like, in almost every way, and why... I just can't get excited for Justice League. Like, even if they put Wonder Woman at the front, it's I can't get excited.
1: I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. But I couldn't help but get a little excited with the new Justice League trailer because you can see the Warner Bros., the Warner DC DCEU pivot happening on screen. There is a pivot
0: happening, <laughs> but I feel pivot. like the pivot...
1: It's probably too late.
0: It's too late because mm-hmm. you get Batman... Batsplaining about how great Superman was to the world. Yeah, and that, and that did was not, not exist. That did not exist. Everybody hated Superman. In, and Superman hated himself in those sh- movies. Yeah,
1: they're definitely so making it, a lot of leaps in that trailer. So
0: they're like, Superman, not only did he save people, but he gave hope to mankind. He Can gave him a hope. Oh, you just what? tried to
1: kill him a movie ago.
0: Like... <laughs> And even at the end of Batman vs. Superman, when when Batman was was like, he was the best
2: of us. And I'm like, stop it.
1: You knew him for like a second.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, Zack Snyder's hatred of Superman is part of why I just cannot, because he's my favorite of the Trinity, Mm -hmm. and I love Superman very deeply, and the treatment of him, I just, I can't. In a world in a DC movie universe where Superman is depicted this way, like I can't watch. It Batman. just shows to me that everything is wrong.
0: Like not only I can't watch Batman versus Superman, I'll never watch it again. Probably. But like I can't watch it because like they have the never-ending media cycle of pundits on like television talking about how bad Superman is and fostering this like negativity towards him, whereas. If a dude like that was in real life, like, people would be praising him, like, no matter what. Like, there's something weird about the fact that he... Snyder
1: is trying to take down Superman from all sides. Exactly. There's no... Yeah, there's no... And, like... (sighs) But I have hope, because... I love Wonder Woman so much. And I think that Warner Bros. That's why
2: I'm excited for Wonder Woman 2 and not Justice League. Warner
1: Bros. and the DCEU are trying to change their strategy after the success of Wonder Woman. I don't know if they'll learn the right lessons because, you know, studios never really do that thing. But they are looking for a more optimistic, earnest approach to the DCEU
0: superheroes. They brought in Jeff Johns to be like their Kevin Feige. Yeah,
1: Jeff Johns and John Berg are the leads of the DC film. sub
0: department yeah. and um and that happened after batman versus Superman. yeah so it's possible I that just, they're pivoting now
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah i just really feel like as long as you have zack snyder at the helm
1: but he's not at the helm anymore uh i mean of justice league, of right? justice league yeah
2: but i don't i mean that. we don't know if he's, gonna, if he's gonna return or in what capacity um but i feel like as long as if he does i suppose it, it's hard to see hope i will say though I still have some hope for Aquaman I have to admit um, I'm...
1: because they started filming it after kind of in the midst of all the Wonder Woman praise so I think they'll have you know, more, more feedback to work on and be able to change it to I... be more optimistic and, and genuine actually one thing I do like about Wonder Woman and what I hope it brings forward to the DCEU is you know, its earnestness which I think is almost missing from Marvel as well because Marvel films uh, tend to be very glib and even more so now it's becoming less about how earnest they are. There was a great video I was watching on YouTube, one of those video essays talking about this the hero moment in Doctor Strange and how he puts on his cape and they turn it into a joke. And in another movie, like in the original Spider-Man, it would be a moment of just, like, um, power and impact and, like, mm-hmm. him accepting his role, but then yeah. it's just like, oh, the cape is playing with him. That's yeah. silly. So I hope, I hope that DCEU becomes... A beacon a beacon of that earnestness and bring back that into that authenticity into the superhero genre
0: I mean cap has earnestness spider man does it a little bit
1: yeah, cap does I think I've seen it more in like the recent marvel films yeah. um i don't know iron I'll man sh-
0: doesn't God, no. Yeah.
1: Um, it's just it's just like that's the kind of brand that Marvel's going for, which is fine and it works.
0: They're going for like subverting comic yes. expectations.
1: And I hope that DCEU, in their pivot, uh, which is definitely happening, will do that. Uh, I, I don't know s- if it'll happen in Justice League, just because w- it's very Snyder. But
0: I will say, I think Ezra Miller is going to steal every scene he's in, which I'm excited for. I yeah. love Ezra Miller.
1: Yeah. So I did like, I did like the trailer for Justice League more than I anticipated I would. I liked the poster that came along with it because it was very bright and very comic booky.
0: Looked like that one movie, not movie. Um, what's it? Kingdom Come. Which is yeah. The graphic
1: novel. The Kingdom Come graphic novel, um, cover, and I liked how Diana centric the trailer was because. I've been hearing news about the reshoots being very much Diana and having bring more of the Amazons in, so I'm hoping that the I'm guessing that the movie will probably highlight her more and uh we'll see, we'll see.
0: And with um Jos Whedon overseeing like the edits and the reshoots. Mm-hmm. Um he'll he might bring in some some much needed earnestness. Yeah.
1: We'll see we'll see how he does with earnestness too. <laughs> he might have learned his lesson as well, you know.
0: Anya has no comments. Yes. Anyways, no comment.
1: <laughs> that's my, my hope that Wonder Woman has instilled in me and that she herself is a beacon of, a paragon of.
0: Oh, so, don't forget Superman's coming back, and see, Alfred has hope for that. He
1: has hope for that. It's a line that is just all around the trailer, so, you know, I can't help it. I have hope. Maybe this will be an alternate Superman who is just very, very cheerful and very in line with the comic Superman that we know and
0: love. It'll be like, I got hit hit in the head, Superman. And they're like, we got to make sure he never gets hit in the head again.
1: (laughs) All right. um, Do we have anything else that we want to talk about from Um, Comic-Con?
0: Black Panther sounds great. Black Panther sounds great. They didn't show any new footage. They showed a sizzle reel. And everyone's saying it's going to be amazing. And they, they released a poster, which it's him on top of a, a panther statue, and it's really cool. Yeah. Um, we can talk briefly about Ready Player One. Oh, yeah. But I'm, I am like what the novel was doing for most of the part except the main character. HT doesn't like the book. Anya, have you ever read
2: it? I've never read the book, and I thought the trailer was bad.
0: So the trailer kind of reminds me of, like, if Think Geek became... Of a motion picture, <laughs> I like that comparison. Like it just seems like they were throwing a lot at the at the screen of like, oh, you like the Iron Giant? Well, here's the Iron Giant. Oh, you like the DeLorean? Here's the DeLorean. And like it just seemed like I don't want to say pandering, but also pandering. It
1: was pandering, but also which the like, book
0: was kind of the two. book was super pandering. But the book was interesting because you didn't see anything; it was all described. And so, like you, you didn't really get to think about like everything that was happening. Whereas with the movie, they're like, "This is here's all your favorite properties mashed up into one," and it seemed like almost like a live action Lego movie.
1: Like yeah, you know how Lego Movie brings in all the properties and stuff. That's true. Yeah. But Lego
0: Movie does it with a nice sense of earnestness. Yeah. And like I loved how they like they 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 subverted that whole like. Pan, nostalgia pandering and showed you like what you can do with this. Mm-hmm. Whereas Ready Player One is sort of like here's all the cool geek shit from the last 30 years. Yeah! Which was what essentially the book was. Yeah.
1: But, you know, it's in the hands of Steven Spielberg, who is a great and trustworthy director. You should listen to our podcast all about him. So, I think that's a great way to wrap up our Comic-Con episode. Let's move on to the next segment of our episode, I really, 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 really like you. But I need to tell you something. I really, 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 really like you. So, Anya, why don't you go first? What All do you right. really like this week?
2: I'm going to pivot entirely away from you what you've been talking about. Is it pivot? <laughs> pivot! <laughs> That's a great friend scene, okay? I crack up oh, every no, time great. in that scene.
0: Ross is terrible, but pivot! I love it.
2: David Schwimmer is hilarious, though. Yeah. His delivery is so on point. Um, so, I would mention all the trailers, but we've talked about all the ones that I'm really excited about: Thor and Kingsman. Um, and so, what I want to talk about actually is I finally just got um, and have started reading a little bit Johnny Sun's new book. Everyone's an alien when you're an alien too. Oh, I heard of that. I wanted I saw to buy it, on it. Twitter, yeah. And it is as pure and lovely and funny and poignant and it will make you cry Mm -hmm. and it is just beautiful and it's like just that one thing that like you kind of you read and you're just like man like humans and their creativity and the way we think and the way we see the world it gives you hope again and it's really beautiful and I love Johnny on Twitter he's just a delightful person and his book is really great too and I'm just so happy I got it because it just you know like makes me feel very, like, fulfilled and warm. It's like a series of short comics, right? Um, no, it's just, it's like, it's like one story. It's a graphic novel, oh, okay. basically, oh. about this alien who comes okay. to Earth, and he, like, meets plants and animals, oh. and...
1: It sounds so, it's, pure. It's
2: so pure. It's so pure, and it's, like, so funny. Like, some of the humor's pretty, like, biting. There's, like, a line about, like, don't be sad about the past. Like, you can't change it. Uh, think about what really matters like be sad about the future
0: oh <laughs> gosh so like, it's some like the, of the humor. Of
2: so like some of the humor is really like kind of biting and stuff but then like it's also just really lovely and earnest and just so wonderful cool. so i really recommend his new book it's called everyone's an alien when you're an alien too and johnny Sun. it's great
0: awesome I'll- well i'll pivot 180 degrees away from that and say that I saw Dunkirk this past yesterday. <laughs> this and, past yesterday. And holy shit, holy shit, I've never been a, been witness to such a crazy intensity of seeing a movie in IMAX like Dunkirk. I think seeing it in IMAX is the way to see it. I don't think you can just see it in like a regular digital projector screen like you'd see it at your normal regal or amc like i think you have to witness this with the with the sight and sound of imax behind and in, in front of you because the way that he films everything like you have to see it like the entire full frame you can't have anything you have it. to see it to believe exactly. it. exactly
1: it shakes you to your core
0: the audio like Rumbles like whenever there was like gunshots, like it would. I would feel it in my chest, like reverberate.
2: Wait, Wait as the youngins would say, were you guys shooketh? I was definitely shooketh.
0: I was shooketh
1: visually, uh-huh. uh, auditorily, aud- and emotionally. Oh yeah, this
2: was. It was a strange. That moment. is not a phrase you use, with Christopher Nolan. A. Right. No. We should explain. Christopher
0: Nolan has directed. This is directed by Christopher Nolan. Written solely by him his brother and David S. Goyer are not a part of this writing team. Oh, thank God. It's just him. And I think this is, in fact, one of his only movies where he's, he's just written it. I feel like his brother has always been a part of it.
1: Yeah, even with Memento, it was his brother as yeah.
0: well. Yeah. So this is like his first solo run run at things of being a writer-director Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. And I think he succeeds because it takes he takes kind of away all the excess dialogue of his other movies. It's only 107 minutes. It's Almost a silent film, and si- silence a poor choice of words. But like, there's it's not dialogue heavy at all. Very minimal dialogue. It's all visually and all like sense. It
1: sensorially. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's,
0: it's like it overwhelms your senses t- to the core, and like right away, like literally within the first ten seconds, you're already like grabbing your armrests for mm-hmm. like, oh my god, um, and. He 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 has a command of the IMAX cameras that I don't think anyone else who's like filmed with IMAX from uh, from like major motion pictures can do because he really like le- he he like knows what what he's doing with those cameras because mm. you really can't do dialogue scenes with them so he doesn't he like always switches back to like a regular like he actually filmed in 65 millimeter for the dialogue scenes but for the IMAX scenes it's all like these. Grand images of either Tom Hardy's face, or the beaches of Dunkirk, or the skies in the of the or the sea of the English Channel. Like, there's so much happening. It's that both
1: he, very intimate and very expansive at the same time. Exactly. It's really quick interesting. question. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. How's Mabu Kenneth Branagh? Oh, he's excellent. He's great.
0: This. He's great. He
1: has the moment of that. Of like emotional catharsis that made me cry. Yeah, I cried oh. twice during this movie. No,
0: yeah. wait, guys, I and think James yeah, Darcy's Jim, him and James. James <laughs> no, Durson I wasn't have, have to. scenes together. And they're they're the most emotional scenes in the movie. Oh my god. Um, so we should talk about the elephant in the room, and that's Harry Styles.
1: <laughs> he was actually good. <laughs> he was
0: great. Um, you know, a lot of people were like, "What's Harry Styles going to be like as an actor?" He's pretty good. He's like, solid. I would I would consider him having a f- film career and not be bad. You guys are
2: shaking me to my, like, film lover core. So, Anya, I will tell you... I know we've,
1: like, talked about kind of our reservations about Christopher Nolan. Um, So I used to be a number one Christopher Nolan fan, and then I kind of fell off because I feel like he was getting weighed down by his own love of spectacle. He was always an ideas man, and he would try to bring those ideas to life, but then they would become too pretentious and too convoluted.
0: Like Anne Hathaway's love monologue from the Interstellar.
1: I think this movie... Both strips it away, but also gets to the core of, like, how he is a, as a filmmaker. And it really made me admire him he cut as the fat a filmmaker. Off. He cut the yeah. fat off of all of he, script. It is, like, kind of Nolan at his at his core, but also, like, what you dislike about Nolan. Nothing you, that you dislike about Nolan yeah. in it. Yeah, and, and, like, definitely, strange, surprisingly, the most emotional Nolan I've ever seen. And, like, I cried more in this movie than I did, like, during any of his films. And you know
0: what's crazy is that you, you get to know the characters, but... You don't really get to know the characters. Yeah. Like you know them as kind of archetypal World War II soldiers. You get the British army commander, navy commander. You get the soldiers on the ground, and you get, um, and you get Mark Rylance, who's like one of the civilians, one of the civilians of on the boats coming to coming to save to evacuate the soldiers. And it's really a like. Anya, remember when we were talking earlier about, like, are they going to show the Germans? Like, is this going to be, like, a germ? Like, are they going to get a German's perspective? There's no German's perspective. Like, this is... Wait, I, f- I mean, I
2: figured there wasn't. This is a very yeah. English film. This is...
0: It's super English.
2: I felt patriotic for, it, for the British at the end. It's super
0: patriotic. Like, this is our every other movie. Yeah. Like, this is, like, they even, like... It kind of gets to to a point of, like, where they're discriminating against the French, too. It's a little bit nationalistic, It's almost. It's a really nationalistic... <laughs> um, uh,
1: but I will say, I remember when Nolan was uh, speaking about this film and doing interviews about it, he said he wanted it to be less of a film and more of an experience. And, and it succeeds. definitely feels like that. It's very visceral and it's very relentless, but both in, like, you know, the, just the, your senses being bombarded, but everything that, like, is happening to, to, like, the characters. And I
0: think it helps that it's a really simple story. It is. It's not complex. I mean, it does have. He does throw in that nonlinear timeline that mm-hmm. he that he loves so much, but um. It's done it, in service it, to the story. It's it, it makes it work. You kind of like, you know, there there'll be moments that are spread across three different timelines, and he cross cuts, and you're like, it's it. He makes it feel like it's all happening at the same time, which in war it kind of always is. Like there's there's stuff always happening, and I really like the way he did that, and I like the way I was just gonna say that um. Uh, uh, just that I really liked it. I was gonna, I was gonna say something, I forgot.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely a filmmaker's film. Yeah, and <laughs> you know Nolan has always been kind of on that side of the visual and the spectacle over everything, but he does it in a way that makes you both care for that visual and that spectacle as well as like the characters he does underneath, which has always been his weakest suit. Yeah, being able to um, empathize and bring. For characters that
0: you empathize with, but... And I think he does it with with no dialogue. Yeah. Like, I think with this, it's all, it's almost all visual, it's almost all not dialogue. Mm -hmm. Like, it's everything else.
1: Yeah. The main, the kind of main character barely speaks for the first, like, half hour of the film.
0: Yeah. That's, and that's what, like, that helps with the whole, like, silent film sort of, like, feel Mm -hmm. to it, where it's all experience.
1: Mm -hmm. So, Anya. I think you will like this film. Although, as a story-forward person, I'm not sure how much you will like it as much as we did, but...
0: Yeah. If you go in knowing that there's really not going to be, like... A story. A story. I mean, there's a story, but there's no story. I get it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I really like, as much as it sounds like it is also Dunkirk, <laughs> I'm going to give a little quick shout-out to The Shape of Water trailer. Yeah. Which was... It just... Guillermo del Toro's newest film and it is about a laboratory worker who is mute played by Sally Hawkins who works at this government laboratory and discovers an experiment um, being held captive by the government and he is in the form of a fish man. He's an aquaman. Yeah, played by Doug Jones, a frequent Guillermo del Toro collaborator and it looks amazing and stunning and it definitely has that dark fantasy period drama vibe that del toro excels at like pan's labyrinth is one of my favorite movies and this feels very much in line with that and just like the magical dark love story that i love it's just it's a movie made for me and i cannot wait to see it so surreal and so weird and just uh, baroque Almost. I, when
0: I when I saw the trailer, my immediate thought was like, "Oh, he's marrying his Hellboy science fiction with like his fairy dark fairy tale, Pan's Labyrinth, uh, um, crimson crimson peak like nature, mm-hmm. and like the like it comes together in like such a beautiful way. Like I yeah. can't wait for this. Movie.
1: Del Toro is definitely one of my favorite visual directors of all time, and I love every one of his movies that
2: I've seen. And Michael Shannon's in this. Michael Shannon. He plays, like,
0: it? the the CIA guy or the yeah. government worker. Like, yeah. he's, like, the main, probably antagonist. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I've never disliked a Guillermo del Toro film that I've seen. I've loved every one of his films, um, and I think the trailer looks great. You know what? Guillermo del Toro is one of the directors that really makes me see the bad side of, like, film, like, fan culture. Mm-hmm. Because, like, realizing the people who don't like Guillermo del Toro and his movies and why... It just, like, really drives home the point of, like, it's like the people who love Christopher Nolan and don't like Kim Toro, and you're like, there Wait, it is. What are the... So I'm not aware that
0: these people is, exist. These people exist? Yes. Where? And where can I punch them?
2: Oh, my God. I mean, look at any anything piece written on Pacific Grim and why it's not good. Look at anything on just the fact that Kim Toro is, like, we've been using this word a lot, but, like, as such an earnest, fil- like, director... Mm. Like the reason I love Guillermo del Toro is because he loves humanity and he loves his characters and like giving them good stories and letting them win. Mm-hmm. And he also rates great female characters. And you like talk to people who don't really like him as much and you hear about why. and it just drives home that point of like the like elitist like film cynicism and like the snobbery because Guillermo del Toro is like the least snobbish of like male filmmakers. This and you so hear the people, yeah. No, it's, it's like, weird. I'm... It, it, it I was brought up at work, and I was like, "I love Guillermo del Toro," and people were just like, "Really? What?" And yeah,
1: oh, okay, I, okay. Your, well, your work, your is work was weird, terrible. So I'm, I'm glad you're leaving that. it.
0: Um, I I think maybe it's um. All my friends love Guillermo del Toro, and yeah, they're all I film don't... they're all film geeks and stuff. Like I don't. I think every everyone I know has, like, really loved at least Pacific Rim, Hellboy, and Crimson Peak. Yeah,
2: like, I've, I've never heard Crimson of someone... In Pan's Pacific Labrador Rim are the two that are, raised. like, most maligned. Which one is? Crimson Peak and Pacific Rim. All right, well, Crimson Peak, I've heard
1: criticisms that it's derivative, but all of his films so are, like, love letters to the genres that he's images. making them of. Yeah, and so, yeah, it's going to be derivative because it pulls in elements from those genres but does them in a way that's very loving.
0: It's like doing a science fiction movie and... T- Calling it derivative?
2: No shit. Of course, because yeah. like tropes so are tropes. I just tropes. wanted to say, yeah, I'm Guillermo del Toro is the best, and people who don't like his films because they're cynics and they're film snobs are wrong.
1: Yeah, they can leave. If you're listening to yeah. this podcast and you just like Guillermo del Toro, you can leave. Actually, yeah. don't leave because Actually, no, we love
2: more followers. We love you guys.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, well, but also, that but news. also,
0: uh, go home and rethink your life. <laughs>
2: yes, please do. Um, On that note, I think that's the end of our episode. Um, If you guys have any thoughts on D23 or Comic-Con or that con life or Dunkirk, The Shape of Water, or Johnny Sun's new book, come chat with us. And where can they do that, Willoughby?
0: You can find us on Facebook if you search for us there. We're on Twitter, at Falcon Podcast. Our blog is millennialfalconpodcast.wordpress.com. We're on SoundCloud, where you can... Listen to us there. We're also on iTunes and Google Play where you can rate, review, and subscribe to us there. And where can they find you guys on the internet?
1: You can find me at htranbui on Twitter.
2: You can find me at Anya Crittenden on Twitter. And you can find me at Willby Dobbs
0: also on Twitter. Alright. Thanks for joining us guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.